want to say shout out to our sponsors, Watchman Cigars, 1812 Barbecue, Webmarized Website Design, Blue Collar Motorcycle Shop, and Hook, Line, and Heroes. Without you, this episode would not be possible. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's our take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy. And you, the listeners, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Blue Collar Cycle Studio right here in beautiful Concord, North Carolina. Of course, I'd be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always, but let me go ahead and introduce the team. To my left, your right on the radio dial, it's our producer, Brian. Hey, guys. And, of course, it sits across the way is the pride of Anderson, South Carolina. But most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, 2016's honorable mention macaroon maker of the year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old mic number one. It's Mojo! So I began reading a horror book oh in boy. Braille. <laughs> <laughs> I can really feel something's bad is about to happen. <laughs> oh, I did it again! But, <laughs> <laughs> that's money that's Quality money right there that's money uh by the way the macaroons i'm talking about are not the french macaroons or the oh. coconut oh what are the oh not like, the little cookies exactly. coconut. i just wanted to clarify just in case people were, from last or, episode yep. yeah just in case the french bakeries were running low on mm-hmm. macaroons i wanted to make that correction that way sure. they can the they get them yeah. got it but i do love me some macaroons either one either or the french or the coconut they're How about delicious you? Anyway, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, wherever you've listened to a podcast, just please download us. Please subscribe. Give us a like. Give us a rating and review. You can also check us out on the social medias. Facebook, facebook.com. Just put in social, or excuse me, put in uh, Southern Fry Philosophy. Um, I usually post stupid memes before uh, big and erases them. I'm I just kidding. only I'm just did it kidding. twice. <laughs> so stay on top of that, guys, so you don't miss anything. <laughs> Uh, you can check us out on uh, Twitter's the SFP Radio, also Instagram, same handle. Yeah, youtube.com forward slash SFP Radio, and also our new Patreon, patreon.com forward slash SFP Radio. I uh, just want to say we got our upcoming guest, Gwen Bartley from Amazing Grace Advocacy, next week. So we're excited to have her on the show. I want to say shout out to our new listeners from Harrisburg, Hartford, Hattiesburg, Houston, and Huntsville. All brought to you by the letter H. H. That's the sound of me going up a flight of stairs right there. <laughs> it's it's me opening that seventh pack of Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week. Mojo, I be darn. You know what's burning my biscuits? Come on. Speaking of Chick-fil-A sauce, mm-hmm. this whole new announcement of them changing their philanthropy standards. Oh, boy. I knew this was coming. That disclaimer. The views and opinions of Southern Fried Philosophy are not necessarily those of our guests, sponsors, or friends of the show, but they should be. Bingo. Anyway, yeah. So Chick Fil A just announced that they're going to stop donating money to what they can, what has been coined as anti-LGBT uh, groups. Uh, they've named a few of them. Plan, uh, not Planned Parenthood, but um, 
Salvation Army's being one on that list. Mm-hmm. And, um, so Salvation Army, to my understanding, will no longer be receiving funds from Chick Fil A charities. Um, the restructuring of Chick Fil A now is that they're going to focus on hunger, homelessness, and uh, something else as part of their mantra. So basically, what they have done, you know, for years, Chick Fil A, Chick Fil A is great. Still my favorite restaurant. Don't, sure. di- I don't agree with this, but of course it's their money. They can do whatever they want mm-hmm. to with it. Um, I'll still eat there. I right. may eat there with a sour taste in my uh, sour taste in my mouth it's and a tear yeah. a tear streaming down my <laughs> eye. But I'll still enjoy a Chick Fil A sandwich. I'm right. Uh, I don't go there for their politics or religion. But um, it does. This is just another victim of the cancel culture where you have extremist groups who begin to protest and then they make you know it, it if a if a company doesn't follow through and do what they want, then they're going to stage a boycott. Christians have done it too. Remember with Starbucks, the Red Cups, you know, Disney did, World, yeah, Disney World, uh, you know, everything. We're, the the extremist parts of our ideology stands up and they make a big stance, and all of a sudden, Chick Fil A is now the latest victim of that cancel culture where they capitulate and go under. My my question though is they haven't bowed to the Sunday thing. Like they're still closed right. on Sunday, right? I mean, do you think that they're really bowing down to that culture? Cause yes, because be- yes, because your Salvation Army, I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago, um, there was a, a musician, Ellie, Gould, Ellie Goulding, who announced that mm-hmm. she was not, not going to participate in, a ha- I think, a halftime um, song. It, it was something she wasn't going to participate, I think, in a halftime show or something like that uh, due to the, the, they would be raising funds for the Salvation Army. And since she's pro-LGBT, that she would not mm-hmm. do that. Um, well, then actually Salvation Army reached out to her and says, I'm not exactly sure where you're getting your message from, but we actually don't discriminate. We, you know, we, we want people to find out about God, but mm-hmm. we're trying to do that through action. So, you, can, you know, if you're homeless or hungry, come to us. We will mm-hmm. feed you. We will clothe you. We will put shelter over you. So actually Ellie, Ellie Goulding was like, oh, wow. I didn't realize you did this. I've heard nothing but bad things about you. So now I'm going to actually raise money for you. So, huh. um, but yes. Uh, uh, so Chick- why did Chick-fil-A, why did they? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, Truett S. Kathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A is no longer with us. So he's now has his, you know, his kids have now run the business. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember in the news recently, you had the Chick-fil-A had fought very hard to get a, a location to open up in the United Kingdom, UK. Mm-hmm. Well, they got the location opened up, and then they just got announced that they had six months to get the hell out of the country mm. due to their anti-LGBT stance. Also, college campuses as college well. College campuses yeah. is mm. big, has been big. New what York City, New York City's had a doozy. San Francisco, Portland, Seattle these these meccas of extremist ideology, political stances have you know protested. Um, Chick-fil-A coming in. So anyway, now Chick-fil-A is one of the emerge, fastest emerging fast food yeah. restaurants. I, yeah, it's definitely hurting their business. <laughs> See, <laughs> right. this is, this is that's weird. the thing. That's the reason I don't understand yeah, it. Triple right. drive throughs soon. I, yeah. I mean, this, strategically, it's a, horrible, it's a horrible business move, in my opinion, because now you've opened up the door to these extremist ideologists. By the way, I've, I've actually talked to several friends of mine, part of the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. They didn't care right. what Chick-fil-A did. They right. were going to eat there because of the service and the food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you're going to have the fringe fringe right who are those dedicated, you know, 
I, I'm going to spend my money where people that, you know, believe the way I do, they're going to now going to turn their back on Chick-fil-A. So I think it's going to be kind yeah. of a, 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 just a wash of customer base. I don't, I don't think the bitter, I don't think the bitter left wing that fought Chick-fil-A for so hard is actually going to come in and actually pay, you know, patronize the place because those guys are vegans and don't want straws and things like that. So yeah. mm. um, anyway, that's just kind of burning my biscuits this week. Yeah. Well, how about you? Producer Brian, how about how you been doing? Well, I don't have anything quite as heavy as that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to me. I got to lay it on thick. Yeah, so. so, you know, I think there's two kinds of people in this world right now. People that eat at Chick-fil-A and people that don't? <laughs> well, you either decorate for Christmas at the end of October mm. or you wait till the right time on like Black Friday. Sure. Does that, I mean, to me, I don't know. I'm a Thanksgiving purist, I think. Mm-hmm. And, me, know, too. me too. There's so much, you know, people put up Christmas trees in like, you know, late July now, I feel like. Just I told up. my wife when she started putting hers up last week, I was like, I'm not even taking it down this year. We're just leaving <laughs> it up. What's the point, right? Yeah. And Maybe put and a here, sheet over it and just, you know. Yeah, but here's the funny thing. I'm a Southerner. You're a Southerner. You're a Southerner. Mm-hmm. Am I? And, <laughs> We've made, <laughs> depending upon what episode you listen to, okay. but, um, you know, we, the Southerners always get made fun of because you have that, you have those relatives that have had their Christmas lights up year round. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. I think they were just ahead of the, the, <laughs> the curve. Yeah. yeah. They were the nose into the dog I on this. I don't care when you take them down. Just don't like turn those switch on before I finish my turkey. Sure. I, I'm a hundred percent with you. I, I gotta have, I gotta have my Thanksgiving feast because if you start blending all these holidays in together, one's going to drop off. Here's here's yeah. my rebuttal, and and I'm with you. I, I don't think that we should wait till Thanksgiving and then start doing it. But as I get older, um, I want to go ahead and get as much enjoyment as I can out of all of the hard work that I'm doing to get all that crap out of the attic mm. and out of the basement. I mean. You know, having a couple extra weeks to, to, you know, to be able to, one, to get it done, but then two, like, to enjoy it, because it's a lot of work now. Now it's four trees and 36 wreaths. and We have four this, at our house, Listen, too. no. I, yeah, I, like, I, I, come I, on, one. y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing the lights, like the crazy lights. It's a fake tree. It's a good-looking fake tree. But sure. There's no missing gaps because, you know. It just takes so long. By the time I actually get it all done, it's like December 23rd. And I'm like, well, got it all done. I've got it up for two days. And then as soon as it's done, though, hey, buddy, I'm packing that stuff up. <laughs> We're shipping it back up in the attic. In we, the have to, we have to keep, we have a rule. I, I have, she has to keep hers up till January the 2nd. Whoa. Yeah. So we, we yeah, have. A, I'm done with that. Really? I'm, I mean, I'm okay with it. But, it, you know, I've tried to take it down on the 26th. That mm-hmm. didn't go over too well. But I, I'm going to start celebrating St. Patty's Day. Um, probably, probably <laughs> oh, around. There we go. That's how probably, you show them. Yeah, That's probably how around. We do it. Probably around Valentine's Day. I'm gonna start doing celebrating. <laughs> yeah, there we St. go. St. Patty's Day. The whole month Everything of March green. is St. Patrick's month. How Oof. about it? There we go. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm usually out of town the, the like right after Christmas, so my tree just sits there in the dark for a week. So. Well, there you go. <laughs> oh yeah, it's my wife. I, my wife gives me the. Oh, I put it up. Oh. But, you know, if I go to try to take it down before the second, mm-hmm. eh, oh. not good. No bueno. How you be doing? Uh, I'm good. Let me tell you what's burning my biscuits. Uh, this past week, I went uh, to get the donuts for men's breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, pulled in the old Dunkin'. Uh, I know that's a sin. What? I totally get it. You should I just have at did... least gone to Harris Teeter. 
<laughs> I heard they make an amazing donut. That's what I heard. Uh, went through the drive-through because they have a drive-through, and noticed there's a tip jar at the Dunkin' Donuts. And I say to myself, a tip jar through a drive-through, like that doesn't feel right. I will though understand they have, you know, the barista that makes, quote unquote, makes the coffee and all that kind of stuff. That's a don't lick my donut next time jar. Maybe. Um, but then I went to my beloved uh, breakfast time, which is just a, a drive through breakfast place. And I also noticed a tip jar. Actually, maybe they're wanting you, maybe they want like live tips. Like what tips? Like life tips, like, you know, invest in this stock. You would or, think so. But there's dollars that are, uh, you so know. So fast food tips is what we're talking about here. Yeah. Like, I. Like, I, here's a tip. I heard there's a brand new brewery called Armor Cow that just opened up. How about it? That's a tip. <laughs> there is. That quiet, nobody really knows it, but we're trying to get the name out. That's a good tip. But why are we tipping the drive through people? Like, I was confused if we should or should not tip the Sonic people. Mm. Because they were on the roller skates, roller skates that came that's out. Like, that's a, like liability insurance or something. Right. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll tip the Sonic people. I won't tip them when I go through the drive-thru. Why am I tipping drive-thru yes, people? Yeah, because yeah, they're basically executing a 180 hand move. Like, you know. Right. I mean. Here to yeah. here. That's it. Well, maybe we should just tip them worth that action. Here's like six cent. Maybe. Maybe we go with. But I see dollar bills in this thing. Now they could be putting their own dollar bills in there. Look, I I have my own qualms with the fast food industry. I mean, I was at one last night, unfortunately, mm. and the I shouldn't say these people because that's, that's very demeaning. <laughs> right. But this in, this industry is demanding fifteen bucks an hour, and you know just mm. the the quality of level work or when a clean sure. table. Um, I I got I got the uh, yeah, the attitude just asking for an extra pack of ketchup. You know mm. just. They want fifteen bucks an hour. I can't tell you how many times uh, the Zaxby's by my house. I've had to go back to get something. Ooh, yeah, and they still do it wrong. Mm. Like you know, I get oh. a kids' meal and like there's no fries or there's no chicken. What? Okay, I can come back and then they don't <laughs> even give me like the whole thing. I was like, what? No, that's one thing you got to give Chick Fil A. They're on it. There's that. I did see the meme where uh, if I didn't get if they didn't get the order right, then that's not what I was supposed to have anyway for the day. <laughs> so I get you. <laughs> Uh, this is our Thanksgiving special. So I did want to talk to you guys. Um, what are your Thanksgiving top five must-haves at at the Thanksgiving feast? The most, you, I mean, you have to have this in order to have Thanksgiving. Uh, um, I know this is going to sound cheesy, but... Uh, it's a macaroni and cheese. Ooh, oh, oh, sorry. Well, I, 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 we do it's have cheesy, that. right? I think I'm, <laughs> if we're not talking about food... My one of my most important things is oh, I am talking about have you know actually before well if we weren't talking about food the most okay. important thing we had we have at our table now is an empty chair representing my donor Jamie that was oh, and that, that's something we did before we found out who he was and our family and also our, my donor's mother Lisa has always asked me to, to do that keep an mm. open chair in memory of Jamie so we do that um, so that's what's kind of a must have at our table. Um, Man, the must-haves. We we got to kind of narrow it down because see, okay, or maybe we have categories like meat. You, you know, we have to have some type of turkey. It's just yeah. a tradition. Right. You got to have turkey. We would all agree meat is one of the top. Meat, <sighs> yeah, yeah like meat, poultry. Yeah. 
At the very least. I'm, I'm, if I can find if I can find a can of uh, pumpkin spice spam, <laughs> it might be at the table this Ooh, year. I know yeah, where you can get one for twenty dollars. No. Um turkey, some form of turkey. Right. Check. Got the turkey. Now here's the debate that I have. Um dressing or stuffing? Stuffing is above the Mason Dixon line. Below is is dressing. But the stuffing is actually inside the turkey. Right? I see that see that's, that's the great debate. Stuffing, traditional stuffing is actually in the turkey. Right. Dressing yeah. is just a pan of cornbread and you know Right. Whatever other sage, you know, whatever. Yeah, but the top. execution on getting stuffing right in a turkey is that. Like, and then you only get like, how big is that cavity? You get like, a, you know, maybe a pound of stuffing in there. Yeah, that's that, not going to feed anybody where you can get a sheet pan, yeah, the sure. dressing, and everybody's happy. But I'm going to say, I'm gonna, you know, I've never been big on stuffing because nothing sounds more delicious than cooking bread product inside of a cavity of a bird. I mean, no, I get that. Mm. But it's always, every time I've had it, it's been. Just so, and I hate the word, guys, and I'm sorry. Moist. You it. Moist. <laughs> Moist. It's been way too much. Um, and I can't, but the dressing, love that. Yeah. Don't like the stuff. Uh, giblets or no giblets? No, I can't do giblets. No, no giblets. Really? I mean, I, I like the flavor, but I have to strain the giblets out. <laughs> I just, I don't Give know. Give me that. Yeah, I don't care. Just, all right, so we'll all agree. we got to have dressing. Yes. Yeah, that's part of Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's right, well, it's right mean, next to the turkey. And maybe yep. in northern Mooresville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have the dressing. You okay. know, we, it's in a pan. It's in a you know, nine by 13. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. we've right. had, you know, more than one type at a time. Yeah, I like, I we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a giblet and we'll have a not giblet. And then yeah. two of us eat a whole pan by ourselves. <laughs> now, my wife will make one with sausage, mm-hmm. um, apples, and pecans in it mm-hmm. hey buddy it's good that's, stuff yeah that's good that's my yeah I, I mean i i actually my dad made dressing and it was really dry mm. but i've come to appreciate it in my older age for some reason i don't know why but huh. it, it, i guess it made great croutons or something <laughs> i don't know it's good if it's like crunchy a little bit but mm-hmm. it's still moist on the inside but if it takes all the moisture out of your mouth yeah. while you're eating it that's Pour a little, little gravy on there you're fine there you go yeah, but when all of a sudden you're going through half a tub of gravy, oh, well. your cholesterol index is up. What What are the size we're going with? Guys? See, I'm torn between broccoli and green bo- green bean casserole. Really? Mm, well, see, you have the good green bean casserole. That's the trick. Not the. Like, mm. I, I have one, and I want to. You know, the one of my culinary heroes, Mr. Alton Brown, mm. has a, a green bean casserole. You basically make all your own stuff. It's it's like you saute mushrooms. Oh, you put like. Salt and pepper, nutmeg, butter. A little flour. You make a little roux out of it, mm-hmm. and then you just bake. Like, okay. I still use the the. He doesn't. He makes his own like onion straws. That's too mm-hmm. much work. So I still get the fridges on your straws. <laughs> sure. That's the best part. But it's the best hmm. green bean casserole. You're making a cast iron skillet. Ooh. No, I, I like his. He, he's got some great recipes. Ah, he's yeah. just annoying as hell to well, listen to. <laughs> I mean, he is just. He, I like him. I like him, but that's, I get it. I get it. He's. I don't know the. Uh, so there, there's some isms, you know, that he has yeah. for sure. But uh, Altonese. Yeah. Uh, what kind of green beans are you putting in the fresh? Green, like what kind of cut? Oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, I just snap them and like, okay. get the whole ones in the back. I, I like there's the, no knives involved. French, I like French cut. If you're going to do the can, if they do can, I got to do French cut. They freak me out, the French cut. Really? Little skinny, like yeah. slimy things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's what I grew slimy. up on. I hate those. I grew. I, <laughs> see, I grew up on the fat, the fat flat 
Yeah. Green beans. I, I can't eat canned green beans at all anymore. I got to have like frozen or fresh. Hmm. I no, I can eat, I, I can eat my, the, my mother makes Southern green beans. I can eat those. I don't know. It's just because maybe it's a nostalgic thing, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's like a fine line yeah. between green an actual green bean and baby food. It's that kind of fine line because she overcooks the snot out of them. Yeah. But like these green beans are still a little crispy when you eat them. And mm. uh, Collards. Kentucky, Kentucky Wonder. Collards. Oh, man. Got to have collards. I wish. You can't have collards. We just don't have. That's just not a thing that's in our. All right, I'm gonna bring. I'll, I'll I'll save you some. I had collards actually yesterday at Floyd's restaurant down on uh, Graham yeah. Street. I, lo- I love me some collards. Yeah, I'm actually may change it up this year. We may mm-hmm. actually do. I may actually cook collards a couple days ahead and do uh, redneck egg rolls. Finally, for Thanksgiving. Hey. finally, three years and waiting. Because the reason why I may do that this year, just because mm-hmm. usually I have, because I overcook collards thinking everyone likes collards. And, I, I'm not a collard guy. And then I have collards for about a month by I myself. Collard. I love them. I, I, I will say, um, I know they probably don't listen, but Sarah Heacock makes the best collards I've ever had. Oh, really? They're fantastic. What did she do? She uses um, uh, smoked ch- uh, turkey legs. Tur- turkey neck? Oh, I've had those. Turkey legs. Oh, turkey legs. Like the, mm. I think yeah. I've had those. Oh. They are good, right? Yeah. Hey, buddy. She's from Florida. But they're good. How does she know about collards in Florida? I don't know, but they're good. It's, it's mm. probably some kind of migratory thing. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, she's got to come up You have up to go through Georgia to get to here. Yeah. Right. That? She, probably, she, probably, <laughs> she probably got it from Alton Brown mm. <laughs> or Tyler Florence. Here's one for me that I, that I enjoy the most is a oyster casserole. I know it's a weird one. I, I, I want it. it. I'd eat it. Yeah, but it's delicious. It's, I, I will. I will. Full disclosure: I've actually never had oyster casserole mm. or oyster dressing like stuff. Oyster, yeah, like the oyster and sausage stuffing. Yeah, like that I I want that. But again, no one in my family right. will eat anything like that. Yeah, I'm willing I, to try it. I get had it. Usually, when we go to the the um, the family Thanksgiving meal, there's one little dish. It has it just for me. So uh, I was like, thanks, Dad. Appreciate it. That's cool. Man. Yeah. Sweet potato casserole. Mm, so what kind of like real sweet potatoes? I like the real sweet potatoes, okay. brown butter. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm not a big fan of marshmallow topping. The I just brown like the sugar. crunch. My, my mom does one with brown sugar and like pecans on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I like that. It's, it's like basically mashed sweet potatoes. I, I'm not a big fan of Mush, or I'm not a big fan of marshmallows to begin with. I'm not a real yeah. big fan of melted marshmallows, so I don't mm. like them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll eat them. Yeah, but. sweet potato, that's the one of the few times a year. And this is like, you, for some reason, we don't eat these foods any other time of year. <laughs> no. Yeah. We wait for this one day. That's why it's so important to me, I think, that you don't do your Christmas Skip past us, right, yeah. But, uh, nah. Do you have what, what's one Yeah, thing? so, I mean, you guys are hitting it for me. Uh, yeah, the green beans, the turkey, the stuff, like, all the, it's just a classic Thanksgiving. I just wish I some of those things. I wish we had, and I know no one else would eat them. Mm-hmm. You know, and we I hosted my house, so we usually yeah. have fifteen or sixteen people, and they go to the mac and cheese and the rolls, mm-hmm. and a little bit of turkey with some ketchup on it. <laughs> the other one that I'm going to throw out there is <clears throat> corn pudding. Okay, I like corn pudding. It was never on our table, mm-hmm. so I don't think about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but if it's at my table, I will eat it. Yeah, well, I'll eat anything they put out there, pretty much. Sure. And of course, in the South, everything's in a casserole. And mm-hmm. It tastes yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just way, there's way too many ingredients in it, and it just still tastes good. Like, yeah. I mean, you could have broccoli, green bean, 
in several of the casseroles in the same similar For genre. All you're eating is cream and, of mushroom soup. And, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it all tastes the same. It's just yeah. different Potato forms. Chips yeah. or something. Exactly. It's like a Taco Bell. Same ingredients, different different product. What dessert are we going with? Round this thing out. Oh. I, well, I know this ain't traditional, but mm-hmm. I, I like red velvet cake. And since mm. I make red velvet cake, I'm going to make red velvet cake because sure. I really enjoy it. And nobody else eats it. That's cool. Yeah, I do a, a pumpkin like cheesecake, pumpkin okay. swirl like New York style cheesecake. All right, that's everyone's like got to have it. It's good. I mean, I'll get like they'll be lynched or something if I don't make it. How about it? Yeah, I'm a, a chest pie guy. I really like hmm. a good chest pie. That's usually what my aunt will make, and that'll be my pie. And that's one of those like quintessential like Southern things that mm-hmm. just was never in my life. She made one uh, when she came up to visit Small Batch. Literally, you cut it and it just runs it's just gooey and you have to eat the whole pie with a spoon yeah. perfect so is 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 the uh, cracker bread doing their uh, thanksgiving yet because i want to <laughs> make a stop all right um so all right any anything else we want to add to the list some kind of cranberry right i mean oh. uh, i like cranberry salad like like, real cranberry salad i like, like cranberry a, compote not something the, like that yeah, not the a relic not, cranberry not relic. the shape not the ocean cylinder spray i don't want the I cylinder like the ocean spray i don't find if it's the whole ca- cranberry I want to. I want to chew on something a little bit mm. there. I can't do the jelly though in a can. Jelly, just the way it slides out. Just I love it. If I'm going to do that in a can, I'm just going to get pumpkin spice spam. It's I mean, already it's, pre-cut. It has the lines to the cut lines it for and everything. I like it. Uh, One thing that I did also want to point out that I thought was funny, and, and this isn't on our, our notes, but I was listening to uh, our friends Kentucky Sports Radio this past week, and they just finished their restaurant bracket. Oh, you remember we yeah, finished yeah, this yeah. up on episode one seventeen. Do you want to know what the final game was for the restaurants that they had on theirs? And they we used the same bracket. Bojangles, so. Chick-fil-A. Well, I think it was Waffle House and Chick-fil-A were the top two, actually. Waffle ours. House and Chick-fil-A was the last was the last to go. Really? And then on the show. It was Waffle House and Bojangles on theirs, but yeah. Uh, Waffle Waffle House won on theirs. Waffle House won on ours as well. So How we, about it? We were ahead of the curve. We were. Wow. How about it? thought that was interesting. Trendsetters. And that's what we are. All right, so we are going to take a break. When we come back, we will uh, have some wacky news. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. The 1812 Barbecue Story started over 20 years ago when Eric and his dad started entering local barbecue competitions for fun. During that time, Eric, a United States Marine, has traveled all over the world picking up flavors and techniques that today is the unique flavor of the award-winning 1812 barbecue. He has honed his craft to bring you fall-off-the-bone pulled pork mouth-watering ribs, and finely crafted beef brisket. Eric has developed his own amazing dry rub and delicious barbecue sauce. And let's not forget the sides. Coleslaw, smoked Gouda mac and cheese, cowboy baked beans, and to top it all off, banana pudding and pecan pie for dessert. Getting hungry yet? Good. Call or email Eric at 1812barbecue and he can make your next catered meal happen. Wedding and graduation parties, family reunions, and other events will be memorable with 1812 Barbecue. Want to try your own hand at smoking meats? Pick up your own 1812 dry rub and start the journey for yourself. Shipping all over the world, connect with Eric on his Facebook page, Instagram at 1812 Barbecue, or call 704-604-5148 or email eric at eric.line at 1812barbecue.com and he'll be glad to help any way he can. All right, we're back. You are listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, and we're going to bring you some wacky news brought to you by 1812 Barbecue. 
if you need a fantastic caterer, I mean, he could do anything. I bet he's probably even doing turkeys right now. Who knows? You could probably give him a call and see. Uh, But uh, check out our friends at 1812 Barbecue. All their information is on the sponsor section of our website and on our show notes. Um, So here is an article that I ran across. This is the titled Last Call Restaurant Chains Closing uh, Locations by 2020. Uh, In the last year, a surprising number of our favorite retail stores uh, have announced countrywide branch closers. However, they are not the only ones that are having a hard time. Many restaurants are also facing a decline of traffic, and they're starting to downsize as well. Uh, restaurants on this list have their own reasons for each branch closer, from overexpansion, overexpansion to changing dietary habits. Food trends have come and go, and unfortunately, some of these restaurants do as well. Check out the restaurant chain. So there are like 34 restaurants that are talking about, but I'm going to go through some of these. Pizza Hut, established in 1958... They're closing 500 branches of Pizza Hut. I can see that. Yeah, because they're making crappy pizza right now. Also, they they haven't adapted to change either too well. Yeah, and Pizza Hut used to be the place to go. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. In the late 80s, like, that was, it was, well, we didn't know any better, but it was good. <laughs> it, it actually probably was good. It's possible, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they had the buffet. You know, like, it's hard to find even just the standalone Pizza Huts now, but, you know, there's probably be going to be closing most they're of all, those. They're all like delivery and pickup places. You can't go in and sit. Well, that was Friday night. There was one, there's one going to downtown Concord, um, just a standalone pizza place where it has the buffet and everything still. Hmm. So, uh, Steak and Shake, you know how much we love that. I thought that was interesting. They're closing 60 branches year established. It was yeah. 1934. They have too much competition. Hor- horrible, horrible food for the price structure they're in. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Hometown Buffet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 217 branches are closed. Yeah. Um, that was an old country buffet I was thinking of. But Hometown Buffet uh, morphed. I think they bought the rights to some of the old Ryan Steakhouse buffets. Mm. Okay. And then they kind of morphed into one company and then just they bellied up all the Ryans. And then I think. Man, uh, I love me some Ryans. But that, that segment of market, the buffet, huge buffets like that, mm-hmm. have. I mean, even Golden Crowls aren't hitting it home. They're even making smaller Golden Crowls now mm-hmm. just because people don't want to go sit out and, with 800 other people <laughs> yeah, sweating over you know, a bar. And you got the nine-year-old, like, sticking his finger in whatever. and Yeah. Uh, uh, the next one, I love this as a kid, and I thought it was the coolest place ever, but Fudruckers is closing 24 branches. That's fun to say. Fudruckers. I never liked their hamburgers anyway. I mean, they were just all right. You know, if, right. Well, they may have started like the customizable, yeah. like build your own kind of movement, but it just wasn't great. And it was like twelve dollars for a hamburger. Yeah, the the bread was the best part of the burger, though, mm. and that's not how it's supposed to be. That's supposed to be the, you know, the meat's supposed to be the star. Yeah, but yeah. Um, overpriced Popeye's chicken sandwich. Overpriced. <laughs> I think they're too big of a real estate for what you know. Pr- the the real yeah. estate footprint was just way too well, big yeah, for that huge. segment. Yeah, they were huge. Yeah. So I, I I'm surprised it took them this long to close. This one uh, hits close to home, I think, to you, Mojo. Applebee's, uh, they're closing 120 branches. Yeah, I'm not surprised. They've they've had, um, in the last, I used to work for them. Uh, I started out with them when I was 18, 19. And they, they've drastically have changed their 
their thought process. Mm-hmm. They're no longer that neighborhood good time. Everybody that's where to be seen, like a Pizza Hut in the eighties. You know, yeah. um, once I, once IHOP bought that brand out, and I mean, our, they just continued and accelerated the downward trend of, of frozen food, basically microwaved or mm-hmm. yeah. dropped into a fryer. I, mean, I haven't just, been to one in ten years, probably. It is glorified bar food, is what it is. Yeah. It's glorified bar food. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I always say about Jack in the Box. The best thing about Jack in the Box is the bag to poop in. <laughs> we call it crapple beef because every time we ate it, we got the Oh, crap, yeah, no so. crap. No crap. Um, do you remember Quiznos? Yeah, yeah. the old sandwich place. They're Toasted. closing a thousand branches. Yeah. Well, they, there's too many sandwich places. There I mean, are a ton. Well, Quiznos also, the their downfall, Quiznos, was their royalty rates. Their food. Well, besides besides the food, but you know they they upped the game from Subway at one time. Well, yeah, they were they, knocking Subway the toasted, off. I mean, they I'd say if you want a toasted sub, Quiznos had a better than Subway. Yeah. Which yeah. what's that saying? But see, the pro, the problem with Quiznos and the same problem with Subway is that they're royalties. They charge their franchisees. I mean, we're talking you know anywhere between twelve to sixteen, maybe even higher now. Uh, plus, they got to buy branded yeah, the branded play, product. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's it it costs too much to be an operator there. That's the reason why you'll have one guy who may have six locations and barely squeak a living. Um, Buffalo Wild Wings is closing sixty branches. Hmm. Thought that was a, a little. Um, they they've also cheapened their stuff too. They've gone you know from their core ideals to something they're not. Plus, I I I wonder. About two years ago, they announced that they. If we're going to be a gun-free zone. Mm. I wonder how much of an impact that actually took on their sales. I'm not saying it's major, right. yeah. but when you got good old boys and Buffalo Wild Wings is the only one of the only names in town, and you're in the middle of gun, uh, uh, good old boys central, and it's yeah. middle of deer season, and everybody's coming to the sidearm or something like that, yeah. getting off the field. I wonder. I, you know, what I'm saying, I just I, I wonder what policies. I can't, I can't imagine oh, Bubba coming from a deer hunt and be like, "Hey, where are you going to go?" Let's go to B Dubs. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine it, but I understand. Well, that, that, it'll be B Dubs or Applebee's, and I guess it's turning both <laughs> those away. Applebee's, absolutely. Yep. Panera Bread is closing two thousand branches. Thank you, Panera. I think they expanded way too quickly. Well, I think that plus, I think their property acquisitions because they started buying properties left and right. Mm. Um, but also their CEO. <sighs> The CEO's an idiot. He's the one that opened up the Panera Choose Your Own Price product. What? Uh, yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. they 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 started this, you know, choose your own price, trying to going off the socialist mentality. You pay pay wherever you feel your mill's worth. Well, that's, <laughs> that store went quickly under in like nine months. How much does bread cost to make? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, you know, but people but people would come yeah. there getting their nine dollar retail sandwich and paying a buck. You know, so that's yeah, I, I don't yeah, think prices. I just don't think he was making. So I don't think the Panera CEO has been making the most logical choices. So sure. plus, um, you know, they close a thousand Paneras. There's only going to be twenty two thousand left. <laughs> so, right. um, this is going to hurt my foster kid uh, hot pocket. Cece's is closing forty four branches. Mm. God bless a bear. Yeah. Cece's stop, only stop. only forty four. Only forty four. Stop giving the money a long time ago. That's why. <laughs> um, the only good thing about CC's is they're the brownies. I enjoyed that probably the most. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever had that. I never got that far. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then last but not least, KFC 
is closing 1,000 stores. Or did I say that one already? 1,000? Yep, 1,000 stores. And how many Taco Bells are going with it? Um, actually, Taco Bell is on the list. I got to find it again. But KFC, one thousand stores. Like the split stores, you know, they're always they're always yeah. t- touching each other now. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, I hate KFC. The, to chi- be the, with you. the chicken game is so strong mm-hmm. out there now. I mean, oh yeah, you can't between Zaxby's, Raisin Cane's. There's another one called uh, uh, Dang it, what's the name of it? Out of Texas, Louisiana. Uh, Popeyes, <laughs> Popeyes. You got Popeyes. Yeah, I mean, PDQ around here. PDQ, right? yeah. Chick Fil A. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all better than KFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, French Frenchies. Yeah, Frenchies. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the chicken games is so strong that KFC is just kind of. I mean, and they're they're throwing darts at a wall with anything that they can possibly do. Oh the yeah, cinnamon the, biscuit. Yeah, the cinnamon. Whatever the the bowls, the you know, it's just and it's not good. Yeah. Every time I regret it. So. Uh, any thoughts? Like, I agree with you of, there's just so much competition. Uh, you're going to see a lot of these other big chains, I think, go away while you have better quality stores like PDQ, like really rising up. I think this is just the market because mm-hmm. I think these companies, like every one of these companies have been around for a while. Applebee's has been around since right. the seventies. KFC has been around since what the fifties, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say about too much for Panera, but these companies don't learn how to change with the times. I mean, the companies that do learn how to change with the times, are they're the ones that are thriving. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like how, you know, Sears once upon a time put out mom and pops by doing yeah. Sears catalogs. Yeah. And then the malls came on, came in and put down, put off main street. And then mm-hmm. Walmart came in and put, closed down the malls. And then now Amazon's probably going to close Walmart. I mean, yeah. These companies don't change with society. They stick with their same dinosaur type of blueprints. Yep. Yeah. And some of it, I think, you know, there's a health push, too. And there's probably less people of a certain generation, maybe, that are going for fast food. And if they choose mm-hmm. to go to a fast food restaurant, they're going to one of these better experiences. Yeah. I think with, I think with, I think the biggest thing that people have not, these companies, these restaurants were caught so off guard with would be like Grubhub and Chowhound and mm. DoorDash and, yeah. and how to implement that. And yeah. The companies that have received that product have have seen an uptick in sales. Sure. Chick-fil-A does a great job with with it. Um, some of the local people have mm. dedicated whole sections. Some of these other companies don't yeah. do that. Yep. And Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing right now. Yeah. I mean even even the you know Burger King right now is hey download Uber Eats. We'll we'll give you free food. Just download the <laughs> app. I mean I, yep. I, I, if you don't adjust and market like that, you're going to be left out. Yep. And I, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and don't no one take this as a sign of the economy or anything like mm-hmm. that. It, this is just the econ- a healthy economy actually purging out mm-hmm. antiquated businesses that don't need to be hanging around. Yeah, and maybe like some mom and pop restaurant will take that space. And do it'll probably great it'll probably it'll you know? probably a Chinese restaurant or a Mexican. Yeah, restaurant. I mean, I, they'll, they'll like probably said, do great. I went to Floyd's down in, on Graham Street in Charlotte yesterday. It's an old Hardee's. Yeah. They've been there since yeah. like 86 or something. Like that. They've been there forever. But that shell of that building is serving that community some great better chicken, than you know? Better than Hardee's could ever, could Absolutely. ever do. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, that's the most encouraging is when I like when the economy purges out these the, the mm-hmm. bigger systems. Because a lot of times, you know, these restaurants like, 
you know, Applebee's. And when I worked for their corporate, this is how we did it. We would go into a community that we thought was underserved and open up knowing we couldn't even grab any market share, but we would just take a gamble because of, you know, some type of focus group or study. And most of the time it panned out. A lot of times it didn't, but you know, they don't say, they don't use that same market study to find out that how the area is trending. They don't change to that. They just, they try to maintain to this date daggum outdated system. Yeah. So, but like none of these are surprised. Now, if you told me they were right. closing, you know, a thousand Popeyes tomorrow, I'll be like, well, man, that's gotta be a stupid <laughs> wrong. decision because every time I drive through the, yeah. now granted it takes 45 minutes to get a sandwich, but there's always, sure. there's always yeah. cars there. I keep driving by going, maybe it won't be long this time. Yeah. <laughs> I drove by there yesterday, uh, sorry, Sunday at two o'clock thinking, surely. Yeah. No, well, three 30. Like when we got done in Con- downtown Concord mm-hmm. on Saturday, Yep. I, w- I drove that way. I went, I'm, get, I'm hungry. Let me yep. get something. And there was a long line of Popeyes, and then there was a long line of Chick Fil A, and I went to Chick Fil A because yep. I knew it was going to be five minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The other thing that I just realized: there's 73 restaurants on this list. Um, guys, we're we've got way too many fast food restaurants. Right? Too, yeah, everywhere too many. you go, it's a place to eat. That, that, that's Unless. A, an, it's uh, one in the morning on a or like one a.m. on a Tuesday, technically, and you mm-hmm. just left someone's house and you're starving and there's literally nothing open. I don't know, you know awful house. Yeah. Who are you talking about? Well, like you want to get the drive-through, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and, well, there's and, a jack in the box well, there with one employee. Or <laughs> you go, you know, you drive to the interstate, you get the blue signs, and it yeah. says McDonald's, twenty-four hour drive-through. Lies. Mm. <laughs> Two of them mm. closed. Well. And also oh, that so during mad. also during that twenty four hours you have a hankering for a caramel Sunday ice machines ice, ice cream. Oh machines yeah, broken. Yeah, it's broken. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I'm surprised more McDonald's haven't shut down. They've lost so much market that share true. to other restaurants. I mean, they weren't on the list. Didn't even see I, it. And uh, huh. I, I just don't understand it. They, and they're horrible. Yeah, yeah. Free market, baby. That Ronald McDonald's doing something right. All right, so we're going to take a break. We come back, we'll have some uh, hot topics. We're going to talk to our friend Sketch from Houston and uh, learn about his experience at the Conway West uh, concert at Lakewood Church. Kanye, Kanye, not Conway. Conway, Conway, yes. Conway, yes. (laughs) Hello, darling. (laughs) All right, we'll be back. You're listening to the Southern Pride Philosophy Podcast. If you're in the market for a high-quality cigar for a very reasonable price, you must check out our friends at Watchman Cigars. Watchman Cigars is a family-owned business that puts the customer first with the best customer service in the business. Watchman Cigars offers the Habano for a full spicy flavor, the Connecticut for a mild, easy-to-smoke option, and the Maduro for a strong, powerful experience. They even do specialty blends and partner with you to provide a custom, exclusive line just for you. Watchman Cigars has all your cigar needs— Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Watchman Cigars 1991 or check out his new website at WatchmanCigars.com or the sponsor section of our website. Hot Topics. All right, we're back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. And on the the phone line, uh, we've got uh, our former producer, Sketch, uh, from the old Dr. David Biggin show. Uh, Sketch lives in Houston um, and also is really involved in the hip-hop community, the Christian hip-hop uh, community. And he went to 
go see hashtag Kanye at Lakewood Church uh, this past Sunday. We know that's kind of been a hot topic. People have been uh, uh, review, uh, talking about that on TV. You know, so Sketch, you were there. We want to get mm-hmm. the live play-by-play. Uh, <laughs> how was and what are your thoughts of the concert slash worship service slash whatever it was? Yeah. And thanks for having me on. I know we've talked about this. And like you said, I've covered Christian hip hop for uh, about two decades now and have been a Kanye fan since he first came out with Jesus Walks. So to see where he's at now has been super fascinating. I've always just really enjoyed all the ebbs and flows of his, his career. So now to see him with this Jesus is King album, so very sold out. Um, I've been excited about it. I've been watching these Sunday services since they started probably in January. Um, the first I had heard buzzes and, and clips about him doing these at, at his uh, own property. And then on Easter, he did a big one at Coachella, which was the first time people really got to see what it was. And then they popped up at like Atlanta and LA and that sort of thing. So when it, I heard that it was coming to Lakewood, which was just last Tuesday was when it was announced. Um, I was super excited and, and wanted to see. We had heard some discussion online that he was, I guess, talking to Joel Osteen. Um, and so it wasn't a surprise that he landed there. And it's, if you guys don't know, or the listeners, Lakewood is, be, is their church is in the arena that used to be the Houston Rockets where um, our NBA basketball team won two championships. So it's a super huge venue, big, which is really good. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so that was a good for just the simple logistics of it, that was a good place to have it. Um, and so basically it was, he was there to speak at this service at the 11 o'clock service and did like a Q and a with Joel Osteen for about 20 minutes. Um, and then he did this Sunday service performance at seven o'clock and they announced that you had to have tickets to go to that. It was, hmm. it was free. So you didn't have to buy them, but you did have to go through Ticketmaster to get a ticket, which is really just crowd control. Sure. Um, so they announced they announced that and, and they released a certain block of them to Lakewood members on Friday. Um, I tried to sneak in and get tickets that way, and <laughs> I searched online for the code and I got tickets and I, oh. I was really happy. Um, and then two hours later, I got an email from Ticketmaster that said we're voiding your tickets because it was used by a leaked online code. So oh. I got denied. <laughs> And you can only get two tickets at a time. Um, so I, I did that on Saturday, jumped online right at 10 o'clock through Ticketmaster, went through the whole process. And in 15 minutes, they were all completely gone. I was logged in on two different devices and two different accounts. I had somebody else on a, on a third device and third account. Um, so that person was able to get two tickets. So I finally secured those. Um, but there were all kinds of reports of people just from the Lakewood tickets, like reselling them for up to $500 <laughs> or trying to at least Good online. Gracious. Yeah. So if you, you could see on Twitter and on eBay and stuff, people were trying to sell them. I don't know how, how much they did. If anybody really bought these tickets. Um, and, and I, in one way I can't blame the people like they had no, you know, if you can log online from North Carolina or New York and lo- and get this ticket and sell it to somebody in Houston for $200, you you put no money out and you got that as full profit. So I totally understand yeah. their their angle. Um, and Kanye was kind of damned if he did do tickets and damned if he didn't. If he didn't and it was just a free for all, it was going to be chaos and yeah. stuff. And then if he charged for them to try to limit some of that, he would be criticized for selling tickets to a religious service. So <laughs> sure. um, 
so that was it, I guess. And then, so we, we got the tickets. They said the doors were going to open at five 30. We got there at five 30 and it took us two hours to Whoa. get into the building. Two <laughs> so hours. We were st- yeah. We were stationed in a line in the parking garage and then they started moving it. And basically they marched us completely around this parking garage and then back up through the front. Cause I guess I was towards the tail end of the line. Now um, that was for Kanye, not the Popeye's chicken sandwich, correct? Right. I, although I was curious if they were, you know, <laughs> which one was, was bigger. And this one was probably um, more well-behaved than the Popeye's chicken sandwich Clearly, lines that I've right. heard about. Yep, so, yep. yeah. But everybody was was chill. There was a, a an interesting mix of people, some older folks, uh, some younger kids that were obviously just Kanye fans. And, and it, it was interesting because there was this whole thing of when Kanye started, like, associating himself with Trump – a lot of people kind of wrote him off and said, oh, he's canceled. But he does something like this, and the whole um, city of Houston, it seemed, was trying to get there and, and mm. pack it out. And and a couple of days before, like he had he had um, unannounced done a show at the Houston jail for like 200 inmates and just randomly popped up and performed for them. And um, Kim was in town, Kim Kardashian, and I think had met with Rodney Reed, who was a death row inmate who – um, was petitioning because he'd always proclaimed in, innocence. And so anyway, they, they did like some non, you know, church related things. Um, but I knew kind of what I was getting when I went to this performance. I'd followed these Sunday services before and knew that it was largely choir driven. Um, so he's got a hundred person choir that performs and wow. out of like an hour and a half uh, or two hour performance set, Kanye really is only on stage or on microphone or instruments like 10 or 15 minutes. Um, the rest huh. of the time is, is the choir like leading these worship songs. Some of them are um, ones from his album. Some of them are classic gospel songs. Some of them are pop songs that they've um, Christianized. Huh. Um, and, and he's at these other events too. He's also seated 15, 20 minutes to a pastor to come in the middle and, and talk. So he's done that at the LA one, the Atlanta one. So it wasn't a surprise to me that he had this time he had Joel Osteen, obviously to, to get up and talk. I wish it had been his other pastor. Um, I'm just not a fan of, of what Joel's Joel talks about that much, but musically it was fantastic. So it's all general admission. The tickets were, so there was no assigned seating. So that was another reason I think everybody got there early. Mm. Um, so there was kind of a rush when you got in, but we just kind of got herded to the seats that we were at, which was kind of back towards the stadium and they'd already started, but, um, it was, it was a fantastic night. It was, uh, like I said, I, I don't know if the gospel was preached, but Jesus was worshiped, uh, in that mm. music and, and what Kanye did. And to me, it's, it's really just a remarkable Testament to this life change that he's had. So the guy who everybody joked about Kanye loves Kanye, um, you know, as much as Kanye loves Kanye and Mr. Ego has a free show, that he gives, you know, a portion of the 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 event to a pastor to speak, and the majority of it is a choir doing worship songs to Jesus. Mm. Um, I think just speaks to kind of where where he's at now. Um, the choir did a couple of like um, local uh, things to to ingratiate themselves to the Houston crowd, so they took a Destiny's Child song called "Say My Name" and made it into praise his name. Um, and Kanye has done this, like I said, at these other Sunday services and Christian hip hop has done this for many years, mm-hmm. taking secular songs and 
flip them like a, a bad youth pastor. And we've always, I've always kind of thought they were. <laughs> There's a whole movie about bit, this called Sister yeah. Act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's always come off a little cheesy, but when when you hear it with a choir, like it kind of raises the level. So I'm, I'm Again, a little more accepting to that. But yeah, they did. So they did say my name. They were doing the South Side dance that little Kiki made popular. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was it was fantastic. The like I said, the my only t- negatives were um, I, I didn't care for Joel speaking. I wish his, uh, his other pastor had spoken. And they did actually pass an offering plate, which I had not mm. heard of at any of these other Sunday services. Everything's been free, but I think this was maybe a Lakewood thing. Um, and on its face, I don't. I actually don't even have a problem with that. It was a free show. If they want to pass the offering to help cover some of their costs, cool. But I just know it gives more ammunition to the critics to say, "Oh, that's just Joel and Kanye out for money." Um, but there was there was the tickets didn't cost me anything. He wasn't selling any merchandise, which is ridiculously overpriced and ugly. Um, but he did he didn't have a merch stand out there. I don't know if you guys have seen that merchandise, but it's terrible. Uh-huh. Yeah, people pretty, are de- bad. people are designing it with Microsoft Paint, I think. Um, <laughs> but it's it's bad. But um, like I said, my takeaway was J- Jesus was worshipped and Kanye's a changed man. So uh, wow. that's I, that's I've talked a lot here. So I'm no, sorry no. to dominate it. But no, I, I feel f- and and that was kind of the the thing or the fruit. <clears throat> Jesus said, "You'll know uh, that you're my follower by my fruit." What you're seeing that in the services, like it's pointing to him, not to Kanye. It sounds yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's about Jesus. And like I said, even when he is on stage, like he was wearing a hat, he wasn't in a spotlight. He had his kids on stage, like running around his daughter North, like next to him while he was doing uh, some other stuff on the the keyboard and doing some sampling. A lot of people I think went there hoping for a Kanye show Mm -hmm. and they, they got a Kanye praise and worship show, (laughs) which I think is another interesting aspect to me he could have gone the route of just doing clean rap like mace a couple years ago the dude from that was p diddy's right hand man got saved and he actually took time out from rap but when he came back he just did clean rap or he could have done very christian heavy you know rap music but really if you listen to the jesus is king it's praise and worship music and that's what this concert was like Mm. People thought they were getting a Kanye rap show, and they got a they they were lined up for a praise and worship concert, like Hillsong or something, um, which is just crazy. I did watch the the clip of Kanye talking for just a few minutes. Yeah. I've never seen Joel look more uh, scared <laughs> in my entire life. <laughs> he had well, no idea what was coming out of his mouth. It looked like I know. I I talked about that with some other friends too. I I haven't watched the full thing, but I have seen clips of, of that interview and. I, I, I really like to hear Kanye perform right now. I'm still a little nervous about giving him that live mic. <laughs> so, um, and, and you heard a little bit that on stage and yeah. you heard actually the ego come back a little bit. He talked about, um, God's greatest artist is now working for him, which is right. still kind of him feeding his ego a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Um, and he, he told somebody else that was giving him amens, like, hey, brother, can you please be quiet? You're ruining my stream of consciousness. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a little bit I, still left in him. Yeah, So, but but part of that is what I love about him. He's just sometimes just can't help himself. And, um, yeah, so that that was very interesting. But um, So I think it attracted a, a, an interesting crowd to, to church that maybe never have, have gone there before and uh, you can argue, uh, you know, whether Lakewood's a good church 
or not. But like I said, even from a pure logistical standpoint, it was it made total sense to have right. it there. Um, and most of, uh, in some of these other Sunday service events he's done in Atlanta and stuff, he's done them outside actually, so hmm. people could just crowd up however they wanted. And usually he forms a circle. That's a, a big theme in this this record and this movement and the IMAX movie that I actually went to go see. Um, there's a lot of circles in it. And like in LA, he was in the center of the mm-hmm. auditorium. Lakewood had fixed seating, so he was more on the stage. Right. But um, I think if he had preferred it, he would have been in the center and it would have been kind of this family thing, I guess, that would mm-hmm. be a part of it, which was kind of cool. So we, we have um, Pastor Justin uh, Padre um, here in studio with us as well. You wanted to kind of throw out your two cents as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, hey, um, so, I mean, I, I I naturally have a critical spirit, I think. So you? I, I, what? <laughs> no. So um, I I just don't buy it, if I'm honest. Um, really? Just, yeah. I, I, um, I, man, Kanye is one of the, he's a marketing genius. I mean, mm-hmm. and you look through his career, that's, I mean, that's, obviously, he's a um, phenomenal writer. He's been a great musician, artist, but he's also a marketing genius. And what what stops me from thinking that this is, I mean, it's working, that this is just another huge marketing ploy, um, that, that it's an aim, an, another part of his career, uh, uh, really a career that just a few months ago was in the pooper and um, now has resurrected because Christians always, evangelical Christians always need um, a, a demigod to, to worship and to, to post up as to, to really decide to um, justify their faith. Like, look, look at this great influencer, this person of power. I mean, if, if we look through just the last few years, we see, we, we fell in love with Tebow. Yeah. Um, 80% of evangelicals fell in love with Trump, um, that he was saved, you know, that now, there was Justin Bieber's on that list. Justin yeah. Bieber. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm um, going to argue with you, uh, just a bit on that. Sorry, Kurt Cameron is calling me. So, so I'll, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, and, and now Kanye, you add it to the list. Um, and, uh, and so it, it's, it's really difficult for me to um, to I, I hear things thrown around like there's been a great transformation, um, you know, as if we're like years into this experience where days and he wrote an album and um, it, it's just really it's it's kind of tough. And I think the other thing for me is uh, before before Kanye re- writes this album. <laughs> The same evangelicals that are like applauding him on Facebook, if they if you ask them a, their opinion on Joel Osteen or any of these um, multi million dollar uh, pastors, um, health and wealth, which is what Kanye is, um, he he said it himself that God gave him a sixty five million dollar tax return. Um, yeah, that was lame. so so like. If if you ask any of these people, which most of them are, you know, I have a lot of them are, that are Facebook friends. If you ask any of them about that theology, <laughs> you would they would say this is ridiculous. This is false gospel. This is this is terrible theology. But because Kanye becomes a Christian, writes an album and puts Jesus as King on the front with a terrible song on closed by called Closed on Sunday, 
Like I, you, that's not my favorite one either. It's, so it's, a, it's so. an ode to Chick Fil A. So, yes, that's the Chick Fil A song. And so, like these same Christians, just moments before would have said this is a false gospel, but now because this person of influence. All of a sudden, like, yeah, I'm a Christian. They're like, oh, absolutely. This is, there's a transformation here. But, I mean, this isn't our first rodeo that we've ever done this. We we do it every year when a person of influence and power comes out and says they're a Christian. I'm just, I'm, I would love this for you to convince biggest, me. I think this is probably the biggest time <laughs> the last probably decade or two decades has happened, though, because it, it this also happened in the late 60s, early 70s, because you had that uh, big Bob Dylan comes out with a, a Christian album. Johnny yeah, Cash. Johnny Cash. Yeah, I mean, so you had a lot of this happen. I, I think this is probably the biggest that's happened in probably the last little while, at least in my lifetime, that, you know, recent lifetime, I guess. I, I mean, in <clears throat> 2016, yeah. I mean, when James Dobson says that— but who who follows James Dobson? Uh, dude, he's a massive I'm ta- voice. I'm talking about the, people that are outside of the— church. The yeah. inner the yeah. inner sanctum of the of the okay. Christianese. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, from the outside, yeah. yes. But from the inside, it's the same kind of like rally cry of this person has had this Saul to Paul moment. Yeah. You know, and and my, my only skeptic is is that a lot of times God's messengers are imperfect people, right? Absolutely. Okay. And I think Kanye would probably raise his hand to that. In fact, I I read an article um I guess they interviewed his wife, Kim uh, Kardashian. I'm talking, saying first name like I know her, you know. <laughs> but um, spoke to her, and she says the changes have been tough. So, it, yeah, because it has he's ch- asking her to wear different clothes and yeah. to not put makeup on their kids and take the TVs out of their rooms. And, yeah, so you know yeah. that. So she's noticed a big change. But my only problem, I guess, my biggest problem is, is that how many people are coming to this movement that are kind of idolizing Kanye and if he mm-hmm. does have a fall how much how much of their faith is is mm. be, you know bent into that because we do that with pastors already I mean mega pastors I mean I come from my hometown of Anderson South Carolina we had a mega pastor there Perry, uh, Perry something I can't remember now. and he had a church of several several thousand all of a sudden now he had an alcohol problem and so many people left the church yeah. with that I mean so that's my biggest fear well, until he started like a church on the other side of town. And then he and started a second church, and it's called Second Chance. <laughs> second Chance. <laughs> so, yeah. Or Third Chance. But, but you know. I'd, I'd like to jump in and rebut a couple of things. Or not rebut, but just add add more to the conversation when, whenever we're yep, ready. Go. But, um, so I would say, too, like this whole thing is not Joel. Joel is the latest stop, and, and but the, the first pastor that I heard speak at one of these Sunday services is a guy named Adam Tyson who teaches at a, a ba- small Bible church in Wyoming. I think um, it, it's very it's a very conservative, very anti-Joel Osteen, I think, um, type of church. And what I understand is that when and Kanye's got this big ranch in Wyoming, that's where he recorded this album and stuff. But one of his like employees had gone to this church and invited him. And there's like 40 people. So he's getting, I think Kanye's still like trying to figure out who's, I don't expect him to know good teachers from bad teachers at this point. He's probably just going in to where people accept him. So I think that's one reason he gets drawn to Joel. And and he probably does from, from the health and wealth stuff. But he does have other influences there, um, so that I would say. And, yeah, in, in the album, you might still get a little bit of that prosperity 
um, kind of stuff. God has blessed me because I'm successful. But I think if you really dig into it, and I heard it at the show, he he's also talking about repentance and uh, you know addiction, and um, he saved a wretch like me. There's some even the Chick Fil A song. Take out the chorus. There's some some solid stuff in the rest of that part of that song. So I would say definitely listen to to more than just you know it once or twice and see kind of where he's coming from. Uh, I, I sense a little more depth than just what, what maybe was perceived in this past weekend. Yeah. And I, I have, so. I mean, I, I think even with somebody like Joel Steen and we're here in Charlotte, we've got a big, big uh, mega church guy who everybody knows. And anytime I'm anywhere, they say you're from Charlotte. Oh, you know, you know, yeah. Stephen Furtick. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we have, we have that everywhere. And, and I'll, I'll, I mean, even, even if you listen to Joel, preach he will preach that jesus is king he'll he will preach um that we are saved from sin he will preach that we're saved by a a crucified jesus like but there's this like undercurrent that flows under all of that and that's i think that's my what's a little bit um uh confusing for me uh, of the celebration of kanye is that his theology is the same as all of these people that evangelicals would say that's a false gospel. Do you, do you, do you see where like, I, and that's my tension. I don't understand. I don't understand well, I don't how fast, can... how fast, why evangelicals so quickly jump in bed with, with these like massive, powerful people. They link themselves to them even when their theology, even when, what they're preaching is the same that of the people that they would rebuke and the people that they would say, this is, this is false. Does that make yeah. sense? Like how, why do we do yeah. that so quickly? Yeah, I totally get and agree that, like I said, my thing would be, I don't know that Kanye's solidified what he believes necessarily. I think, like I said, he's still kind of searching and learning and that sort of thing. So I wouldn't say just because this week he was with Joel, that's 100% what he believes um, because he's been in these other things. Yeah. If if he continues down that path, definitely, you know, some some caution flags yeah. um, f- for me. But I I think he's he's still a new believer, um, and and he's kind of working that out in a very public uh, platform, which I I wouldn't want for for my faith when I was becoming a new Christian to have that many eyes on me the way that he is and. And I think obviously that some people can be using him. Joel could have been using him, and conversely, Kanye could be using these churches and that sort of thing. So yeah. we don't know. But at this point, I want to be open and gracious as much as possible, and cheer him on where I see him doing good, good things. Yeah, I'll, I'll take so. my critic hat off just for a second. I, I want to <laughs> I want to learn from you. What does this mean for the hip hop world? I I'm a I'm I'm a white dude from, you know, Nowhereville, Indiana. Like yeah. it's it it's hard for me to wrap my mind around what this means for the hip hop world, for the black community, um for like what can you can you speak into that? What what have you heard? What have you experienced? What is this? Yeah, what as, is this as mean? much as I can and in full disclosure, I'm a white guy 43 years old from Texas too. So I I don't have the full urban experience, but I've I've followed the music. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I think it's it's definitely resonated. People are questioning their are scratching their heads, trying to figure it out too. Like um, I think some well, I've seen some critics say, "No, nah, this dude was wearing a MAGA hat last you know six months ago, and he doesn't really believe in in 
black empowerment and, and our causes and that sort of thing. And some people see it as a money grab, particularly when you're associating yourselves with people like Joel. But um, we've had a couple of, of people make these kind of conversions in the past. I mentioned like Mace, um, Malice from the Clips, who's actually on this album, um, has seemed to be very sold out. So there's there's been secular guys that have gone Christian and made Christian albums, um, probably not with a whole lot of staying power. And sometimes uh, it seems like they're they're not as aggressive on the mic in their talent level. I guess goes down a little bit. When I first heard Jesus is King, the album, I didn't really care for it from a music perspective. I thought it's not his best work. It's very simple, um, but it's grown on me and, and it's, it's stuck with me that a lot of it, um, the, the courses and stuff that I want to stick with, I, I think there's still some cheesiness on there and he's going to kind of work that out. Um, so people are, are maybe cautiously optimistic. It feels like most of the Christian hip hop community at first was a little bit like, man, we've been doing this for a while. And all of a sudden mm. he's got a bigger name. You know, I've been doing prison ministry for 10 years and all of a sudden Kanye does one show in Houston. He gets all the, the cameras, but there's also a good portion that are really cheering him on and like, dude, we really want you to, to be solid in your faith and not just, um, I, I think some people are a little worried anytime they, they give him a live mic, like may, maybe you're not ready to, to be up there preaching and that sort of thing. But yeah. um, if you, if you're just holding concerts and drawing people to Jesus and praising him with your, your music and um, letting other people who are more educated speak to them, like this other pastor from Wyoming that I, I talked about, I'm, I, I don't know. It's just, it's fascinating. So I think a lot of eyes are on him and, and that can be tough. Yeah. Um, I think, so. uh, but should we, I think maybe we should chalk this up to, you, you remember the first time you got saved and, you know, church camp and you were so excited to share it with everyone. Yeah. And everyone would yeah. ask you the basic gospel and they're like, I, I, some guy on a tree that <laughs> has, you know, a nice six pack of abs died for me. I mean, you, you, you weren't, <clears throat> you weren't solid in your faith yet, had really no clue what your beliefs were, but you were excited that you made that choice. Maybe this is Kanye playing that out. Also something that, um, I, I can't name one white guy in musical, uh, genre, any genre of musical mu uh, music that could have the same influence as Kanye's having right now. I mean, I, I, I don't think there's one, one white guy in country or, rock or anything like that that could bring so many different communities well, together he's just so I polarizing think, he's well, just like this figure he's this big personality that everyone just kind of gravitates to his successes and his failures yeah. you want to watch yeah, him do saying, whatever he's going to do whatever it is about him you want to watch him do it no yeah. but uh, what i'm saying is name one white yeah. guy that, that that would have that kind of influence i don't I, think there's one out there i mean i think justin timberlake would be the top towards the top of that list and i don't know if you've seen his uh, you mean Bieber or Timberlake? No, Timberlake. Timberlake. Yeah, he's a fan club. So. If you've seen if you've seen his most <laughs> his most recent live album, which I, or his live concert, which I think is on Netflix, um, beforehand, man, this is where I get really really confused because beforehand, they're the whole team's together, they're praying, they're, I mean, they're like full blown worship, a worship service behind behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Then they go out, and I mean, we all have heard. JT's music and it's not exactly like it's not Jesus is King, you know, it's not. Uh, yeah. And, and so there's this weird, like there's this weird 
thing of like, oh yeah, I have my faith, but my my life or my music doesn't match up. So there's this, I guess for Kanye, there's this interesting thing to me of his music is matching this idea of him being converted and following Jesus. But the question is, can his like, can the fruit of his life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fall I, I get that. that? Yeah. I, you know, I just I'm I'm. I, I can only maybe it was a uh, college dropout it was probably the only album I've ever listened to by Kanye. So I haven't followed this guy for many years. So on my radar, he's been off of it. Now my wife works for a company that produces his shoes. So yeah. I, I got to hear about those for every once in a while. And I'm like, why does this guy actually have a shoe line? I mean, I thought he was a nobody. I thought he dropped off the radar. Um, <laughs> and, and then, you know, all of a sudden what in the last four years, this guy has popped back onto the stage, love him or hate him. I mean, he's caused a big riff in the political movement in the African-American black community with, you know, ha- hashtag Blexit. You know, he's promoted people that were basically no names, you know, uh, uh, subgenre media stars. They're now household names. I mean, the guy's caused a, a huge riff in a yeah. lot of, in several different communities. And yeah. I just don't think there's a person of, of, a Caucasian white person that could have the same power. I just don't think, I don't think there is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've, I would say just because he fell off your radar, I don't think in the hip hop community, he did. He's pretty, the, the Taylor Swift thing definitely brought him back into forefront. The first three albums people loved and were classics. Um, Jesus got some attention cause that was again, him kind of going back into faith stuff. And he had a song called I am a God and, um, then uh, Life of Pablo was the one um, before Yay, so like two albums back. With that was the first one where he called a gospel album with a lot of cursing, and he had Kirk Franklin on it. And there was a lot. If you can get past the cursing and some of the content, there was a lot of gospel sound, and and somebody definitely like searching and and kind of being frustrated with their life and some of the choices that they've made, and kind of contemplating God. Um, so for me, he's always been on the radar. And then in the last couple of years, we've had people like Kendrick Lamar and Chance the Rapper who have been um, professing Christians, even though they they are not necessarily making Christian music, although Chance had a lot more gospel influence on his last project. So um, you've, you've seen this kind of continue to to bubble up and, and people still talk about God, even though it may be in very crude and crass and vulgar terms at times. But this this now change of no profanity, very vertically focused music and these events um, where he's got a whole hundred person choir um, singing some traditional black gospel songs. And, and his choir is incredible. Oh, yeah. Holy I would smokies. go just to, just to see them. I know, for real. So, can, better than Kirk yeah. Franklin's. Oh, right. my gosh. It's incredible. <laughs> it's, They're very strong. They are incredible. And this service that I went to, you can you can look up on on YouTube. They've got the whole thing streaming and, and the interview segment on Lakewood's um, stuff. So if you're interested, um, check it out. I, I thoroughly in, enjoyed it, and I'm, I'm so, cheering them on. Um, Justin, I'm curious, too. Like, okay, so say Kanye comes to your church next week. What? What kind of conversation do you have with him, or what if he wants to speak or perform? Um, since you're a little skeptical of him right now, yeah. Well, there there were a lot of questions in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> would I would I give him Would I give him the platform? Uh, no, not yeah. not on his own. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I would have a lot of questions. Um, yeah. And it would start with the sixty five million dollar tax return, and I would and I would, you know, I I, I have a lot of questions about. 
does the gospel actually take full effect into your everyday life? And, and if not, then we're just believing in an escape plan. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think I would, I would love to hear his thoughts on that, you know, and I would love to push in and challenge, um, just to see has, you know, and, and, and there's different stages of the gospel. There's to use a Christianese, there's different stages of our sanctification. There's different stages of our maturity and transformation. I get all of that, but I mean, he is, he does have a platform and he is speaking on that platform, which is shaping millions of people's thoughts on what it means to be Christian. And even Christians who have been Christians a really long time are mesmerized and hanging on his every word. And so that to me, like even I saw somebody compare it to Saul to Paul, if we're going to compare it to that type of thing, that Saul, when he became Paul, went away for years to study under the apostles. And I think for me, like if Kanye would have had a conversion experience and then and said that and even like made this album um, and then said, I'm going to go away for two years and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do some studying under, you know, like under some really solid um, teachers and yeah. uh, that, yeah. that it would have, it would have, it would have come across to me, not as a marketing, a marketing genius. When I yeah. saw him on that, uh, the, the late night show, uh, with, uh, James, um, Corden. Yeah. Corden. Where they did I, what, the oh man. I love that airplane show. karaoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was like, musically, it was incredible until Kanye yeah. opened his mouth. Like, and when he, <laughs> when he started talking, you could see old Kanye starting to shine through. Um, the ego was there. And of course it was like over, it was also had the layer of Jesus on top of it. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, those would be the conversations I would want to have with him. And I would, I would love to, man, I, I love that you keep saying, I want, I'm, I want to cheer him on. Yeah. And I, I will, man, I really do. I hope that this is legit. You know, I hope this is genuine and I hope that Kanye can make a riff. Like I hope a revival comes. We need a revival, but I do, I, I do have my, my questions and I do think that, there's probably a presidential run coming in like four years. Uh, to, oh, I know. I'm you know, not, like, I'm not necessarily looking forward to that. <laughs> like, so. I, I, I would not doubt whatsoever if, For if Kanye? that's yes. Oh, yeah, wow. he's talked about it like oh, he's somewhat seriously. And and I mean, there's no better there's no better um, base to have than the evangelicals. Like, yeah, you, I mean, we yeah. they literally won. Somebody in election three years ago, you know, and yeah, and time in history. I mean, you if you're coming off the heels of a reality TV star that's now president, why not Kanye exactly, West? Exactly. So, so <laughs> I, I'm I would not doubt that's coming in five yeah. years. Um, I think my my other my I would love to hear if you know anything about this. I've heard you guys are pointing out two people that the conservatives have gotten around, but we don't look at as a whole state of California full of entertainers that vote blue every. Oh, election, hundred percent. I'm no, I'm not talking about that. But um, they're the one percent, literally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I um, would. I've I've heard that Kanye has some Christian background, and you've you've kind of referred yeah. to that because in his other albums, there's that there's that undertone. Is that mm-hmm. true? Like, does he have? Did yeah. he have that in his his upbringing and his family? What what did that look like? 
Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about his church experience growing up. It sounds like he did have some influence. Um, one of the songs on this album, um, or the video he did about his dad taking him to church, but the very first album, that College Dropout, um, it was the third single. So the first one was Through the Wire, which was about his car accident and getting his wire, his jaw literally wired shut. So he raps about that. The next one was It All Falls Down, which talked about um, the um, shallowness of consumerism. And the third one was Jesus Walks, mm. um, which he talks about on there. Like um, I, They say I can rap about anything except for Jesus um, so he felt kind of shut down by that. Um, and then, like I said, later on, and he was sampling a lot of like gospel music um, in some of his stuff. He did the album Jesus, um, and there's the song uh, I Am a God on there. Um, the, the name was obviously a play on the Jesus. The, the next to most recent album was The Life of Pablo, which he called a gospel album. And, and there were, so there were all those kind of influences. And I know he's got believers around him. So, um, one guy is Fonsworth Bentley, who I've had a chance to interview before, and most people know him as the guy that held the umbrella for Diddy, but um, he's 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 a performer himself. He's a believer, so he's been in his circle, like helping him write and, and trying to nudge him towards uh, the faith. And then, like I said, the guy, uh, Malice from the Clips, who they're one of the best known coke rappers um two brothers um one of them is signed to Kanye's label and then this malice guy he kind of rededicated his life to christ and pulled away from the music industry uh, he still recorded some christian stuff but he got more involved in this album is i think wrote three songs so um there are believers like in his camp i think that are influencing him and i'm praying for those people just as much too that they're able to speak truth to him and and guide him and even correct him when with somebody of that that celebrity and that stature and that ego, it, it probably is hard to say no and and try to direct them in in the proper path of this kind of stuff. So yeah, man, I appreciate your your belief and yeah, like <laughs> you just the way that you you look at this and see it as a a positive yeah. um, a positive influence on the the pop culture, the positive influence it can have on. Um, certain communities, like I, I really, I really in, am inspired by that positivity, and um, yeah, you know, and I think for me, like I'm, I want to go back and listen to, I want to go back and listen to some of those songs that you've referred to throughout yeah. his his albums, just to hear kind of the journey that he's been on, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's and and just keep keep watching and see what see what comes next. So yeah. And like I said, one one last challenge. You talked a lot about money, and I I said kind of at the beginning too. I'm I'm still super impressed that he at least here in Houston he showed up and did that jail show. Like he didn't yeah. have to do that. Yeah. He he could have charged for tickets. He could have sold merch at this event. If if he's a master marketer and this is a money ploy, he's leaving some money on the table. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, and it may be a loss, you know, a loss leader because he's playing into this image. But I also try to look at that as very positive things that. He could have, like I said, sold Yeezys outside and, and sold tickets, and he didn't have to go do the jail show and that sort of stuff. Those people didn't give him any money. No, yeah, um, yeah. I thought so. I saw I saw an article on that and pictures from that. That yeah. was really incredible. And yeah. those are the things that those are the things that blow me away, you know. And and um, I hope there's more of that because obviously yeah, he can here. have a lot of influence in in that world as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's good. 
Well, Sketch, we appreciate you coming on once again, and uh, we just want to kind of hear it from more of our ground on the our feet on the ground. I'm about to say it backwards. Uh, yeah, pop correspondent, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Official. I'll take that title. Official and official. <laughs> so. Yeah, we appreciate you, man. Thank you uh, for letting us uh, talk to you tonight. Absolutely, I, I love the show and love you guys, and appreciate you letting me uh, share my perspective on it. Yeah, man. Good discussion here tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, and thanks, Justin, for uh, chiming in there too. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Thanks for having me. Hookline and Heroes is a 501c3 nonprofit based in Charlotte, North Carolina, founded in 2017 to show God's love and appreciation for our disabled and PTS military veterans. They provide professionally guided fishing trips to nominated veterans at no cost to the veteran. Hookline and Heroes has provided over 30 plus trips around the Carolinas since their founding, from red fishing down in Charleston to striper fishing on Lake Norman, and even offshore fishing down in Florida. Each trip is a one-on-one experience with a member of the organization aiming to provide a day of fun and relaxation on the water and begin a lifelong relationship with them. Each veteran leaves the day with a fully stocked tackle box, rod and reel, apparel, a Bible, and a daily devotion to kickstart their new hobby and build their relationship with God. Please take the time to visit their website at hooklineandheroes.org to hear and learn more about them. You can help in many ways by nominating a veteran you know through their website, join their monthly giving program, Healing Heroes, or send a one-time personal or corporate donation. You'll also be happy to hear that they are completely volunteer-run and nearly 100% of your donations goes directly towards providing trips for the veterans. Be sure to follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn to see their veteran stories and to show your support. All right, we're back. You are listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. And in studio, we are graced, graced by um, Armored Cow Brewery. We have Andrew. Andrew, you are, what do you do at Armored Cow Brewery? I wear many hats. And I uh, see you've got a Armored uh, Cow hat, which actually is really cool looking, by the way. Thank you. Leather patch, camouflage hat. Yeah. You got it going on like you like it. I like it. So what all what all the hats are you wearing? Uh, I do a little bit of sales. I do a, a lot of brewing. Um, okay. A lot of business. Okay. What kind of background do you have? Or did you just kind of, I want to start a brewery, so here we go. And I uh, I started home brewing in 2009. Okay. Um, it wasn't long after that I decided to make a career change. I was in, in the printing industry working in production, so... I had to go to school. I had to take some prerequisites uh, to get into the American Brewers Guild. Okay. Did that. Part of the part of the program was an internship. That landed me an uh, intern at Sycamore Brewing. Okay. From there, I got a job and worked my way up to uh, to their head brewer, their South End location. So that actually, I didn't know that, that there's a, uh, a beverage. What was that again that you went through? American Brewers Guild. American uh, Brewing Guild. School. They're in Vermont. It's like the it's like a secret organization, like the Masons or the Templars. Nobody knows about yeah. it. Yeah, you have they, a secret that, handshake. That, that school uh, started actually at uh, UC Davis uh, Extension. Hmm. Um, so, uh, and then Steve Parks, who's he's big in the brewing industry, he he, I guess, was offered you know the school and moved it to Vermont. Wow, and is that a normal thing to? Because you're the first. We've had a a lot of breweries on, but you're the first that have said that they went through this guild. Is that a, is that a normal process or is that? Uh, It is. It's a, it's a, there's a wait list for that school. I mean, there's a, there's there's several, and now universities are, are giving uh, opportunities Mm -hmm. 
programs that they offer. Okay. <clears throat> um, but so the reason I chose my internship at Sycamore was because the he- the head brewer there, Andrew Viapiano, uh, took the same course. Okay. Oh, wow. And uh, so I figured I might have a an in. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so where did the name Armored Cow come from? How did you come up with well, that? Well, I was in the military, um, and, I, and I'm and i proud to be a veteran. Well, thank um, you for your service. Uh, so we were just throwing around names, and, and my wife's cousin threw Armored Cow out there. And I was like, well, that sounds kind of cool. You know, where what, what is that? You know, and he was on Google, I guess. And uh, it was uh, – <laughs> The name's what, available, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's what the soldiers in World War II called their canned milk. Yeah, Armored Cow. That's right. Huh. Huh. Did not know that. I didn't either till about you know a year ago. So canned milk is really kind of where the yeah. origin came from. Because I remember driving oh, by the location when you were still building. Because I live in North Charlotte. Okay. Like I could have, you know, right, you're right, right by Sam's Club. Like, yeah, so right you guys are right there. Off, off of Harris, aren't you? We are. Yeah, Harris yeah. in between yeah. Harris and uh, um, 29 on JW Clay Boulevard. Okay, I, they're right by like the Hilton there on 85. Yeah, when I yeah. first moved to Charlotte, when I was 19. Before I had to leave the city, I, I worked off <laughs> off of Harris. So, yes, yeah, it's a pretty that's a pretty busy area too. So, yeah, it's um it's getting busier. So there was there's it's kind of it went down for a while yeah. and now it's coming back up. Right. So you guys are uh, were you know are you did you renovate any, an older building or it was an existing get, building? Okay, yeah. what was we, it previously? Uh, so we took three suites out of five. Okay, one was. Um, a suit store. Okay. I oh think yeah, it, I think yeah, yeah. It was a, there was like a men's warehouse or something very similar to that there. Yeah, it was and called uh, Lifeway. There was a Christian bookstore at the end. There was it, before <laughs> it was the the Christian bookstore. It was a uh, mattress firm. Okay. And then there was a Radio Shack. So we, uh, oh, okay. Radio Shack. Mm. Oh man. Pour one out. Three bu- three businesses with three yeah. poor uh, business plans in 2019. <laughs> so. Sure. So we did all the dem- demolition, mm-hmm. and it was funny because when we were taking down the ceiling in the Radio Shack. Uh, you go to the bathroom and you the drop ceiling. We found a bunch of empty. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> empty packages of whatever you know. Okay. Oh, uh, so my shop SIM cards. Yeah. yeah. God, oh, I was so going in a completely different direction. I was thinking there's going to be cameras or something else in there. Uh, that would be horrible. <laughs> right at a radio shack. There was a lot of cameras, but oh know, lord, none in the bathroom. Well, yeah. clearly they didn't do a whole lot of good because people were taking stuff in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was huh. an employee, so the, okay, it was an I get it. Bathroom. Yeah, so they're going in there to the bathroom and then taking stuff apart and putting the trash yeah. up. And someone had a bunch of scanner out, laser disc wow. uh, envelopes yeah. in there, and floppy disk. Yeah. Any any fun things that you found in the Lifeway? Because I'm I'm sure that's got some stories. No, no. When we, when we, the Lifeway had became <laughs> Jessica a, Han Playboy. <laughs> it was a uh, it was a truck driving school. Huh. Oh. Well, how about it? Also, where's the playboy tiny building for to put a parking truck in? That's uh. yeah. Um, so going through your uh, your Facebook page, I noticed one of the things that I think distinguishes you from other breweries too that I've seen is you have gluten free beer. That's correct. Why is that? Um, I guess is there a big demand for gluten free beer? I I wouldn't say big, um, but there is a demand for okay. it. <clears throat> The reason I started doing it was because my mother-in-law has celiacs. Oh wow! And um, we were just having a conversation one day. I was, I was still brewing at home. The biggest thing she missed the most is beer. She's tired of drinking cider, tired of drinking wine. So I decided to take a look and see what I could do as far as gluten-free. 
other than sorghum and and enzymes that only reduce the gluten. And I found millet and okay. buckwheat and uh, malted rice that. Hmm. So all those are all, I guess, gluten free foods. Yeah. And the process would be fairly much the same, right? You're just using different ingredients. It's it's somewhat the same. <clears throat> it's a longer process. And um, those grains uh, gelatinize at higher temperatures. So you're denaturing all the enzymes that exist in them. So I have to have to mash in high. I have to add enzymes. Okay. And then I have to lower the temperature and add more enzymes. Oh, wow. So it's a process. It is. It's so a, you get to so charge more for that then, right? I do charge more. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> full, full disclosure, Some, my, my mother-in-law has problems too. And okay. I usually have to drink my problems away. So. <laughs> you need the any kind of alcohol to get yeah, it. Yeah, it, as long as it's wet. Sure, understand. Um, so, also I, going through, I noticed you've got a large amount of different types of beer. I think in you were asking Chris if he had what was that last on the last show? A uh, hey, double bock. Double bock. Now you have a double bock, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh wow! See there. We might have taken an Uber ride down there tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my way home. So. <laughs> All right, so you give me a ride there, yeah. and I can get an Uber back. There you so. go. How about you? I mean, you can pay me to get on there, too, because I got my lift sticker. <laughs> <laughs> you can pay him to take you back home. I've already paid him once. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. Nice. Um, go through your, your beers, uh, if you can. Off the top of my head, oh, gosh, we have we have a Kolsch. We have a we have American Light Lager. We have... A session IPA. We have a an American IPA. We have a hazy IPA. We have an oatmeal stout. Mm. Um, we have the, the Doppelbach, which is nine percent. I have some of that aging in uh, muddy river barrels. Ooh, um, come on! What else? We have a uh, yeah, looks like you got a pumpkin latte. Well, yes, that's a gluten free one. Um, that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why are you laughing? That's just that's the thing. I, I, wow, is right. it vegan too? <laughs> <laughs> try, I'm trying to read. You got a, you said the brown ale, right? We have a brown ale, Berliner yeah. Weiss. Yeah, that's. I'm, a, just, I'm just reading through your pictures here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it looks yeah. good. I'm trying to, I'm trying to map out my Uber ride right now. It's a spiced ale. That sounds good. That's a yeah. It's not really a pumpkin amber, but it's uh, it's. Similar spices. There's no pumpkin in it, but it's got cinnamon and ginger. And okay, what is uh what is a session IPA? It's just low ABV. It's okay. A pale ale, I guess. Okay, I okay. No, that's I, I've I've seen that now. I, I, I I've noticed it before, but just mm-hmm. didn't. It's a it's. I think mine is four point nine, maybe. Oh wow, Chris called that a crusher, a crusher, right? Yeah. Like you could just drink those drink all day. Lawn more beer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with a little more flavor. <laughs> a little more flavor. Yeah, the Dunkelbach looks really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that, and I know you said something about yeah. Bach. Yeah, yeah. I'd... I always think of Kelly LeBrock. <laughs> totally different. A little bit. Uh, yeah, but hmm. still dark and stormy. So, <laughs> um, anyway, so I saw that, and I was like, wait, I think you'd like that. Yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, not one of the beers I drink when I'm dieting, but, you know, it's... Uh, like this time of year, though, it's great. I like a I like a heavier beer. You 
you you mean to tell me you're worried about diet? You crushed a number one with extra fries and a half a cookie on the way, dude. If you put it, <laughs> I'm telling you, if you put it front in front of me, I will thrash it. Yeah, I mean, sure. Just like we were, I ordered pizza for the guys at the shop. Uh huh. They ate like a slice of pizza, and I ate the other <laughs> pizza and a half. I mean, so it's just. It, 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 it I'm with you, me. man. Yeah, I just I can't control myself. Um. So, what was your what did what started your interest of of beer of moving from being in the printing world to be like, forget this. I'm I've gonna always do liked beer. I've always enjoyed <laughs> well, making beer. I guess. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I spent some time in Germany and the beers over there in the early nineties were much different than the beers that I'd had here. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Especially then. So uh, I've just always had an affection for a little bit more than Bud Light or Miller Light. Um, so I had a buddy that I grew up with, and um, he used to he used to pick on me because he was a big Budweiser drinker, and I was always looking for something different. I was like, "Man, I'm telling you, there's better stuff out there." Mm-hmm. And um, one day, I, he moved away, but there's a lot of story in between. But anyways, he introduced me to homebrew, and he gave me a beer, and it's like, "Man, I made this on my stove, and it's a, a Avery Jubilation clone." and tasted it and i was like wow hmm. show me how you do this you know and so he uh, and he's actually my business partner oh wow <laughs> um, times have changed yeah. so so the budweiser guy was home brewing yeah okay yeah. i just want to make sure i got that <laughs> talking to germany that's one thing i really admire about these you know craft breweries that are opening up i mean they try to instill that kind of the, like the beer garden the heritage know? yeah i mean yeah, exactly i mean they're trying to instill that type of community fair it's not you know, for any uh, listener out there that's not, you know, never been to a craft beer spot or whatever, it is not the bar that you go to right. to get six sheets into the wind. That way, you know, you're looking for that last lovely lady standing at the bar with the beer goggles look good. I mean, this is not that type of place. This is a place where people go to taste the craft of the brewer and mm-hmm. also the community. You know, and you can see each, um, each brewery, People will go to each brewery, but you have some people that are just loyal followers that will, you know, will defend that brewery out there against a zombie apocalypse. So <laughs> sure. I, I admire that. How's the the draw in university? Because we know in Concord, because obviously that's where we're at. There's six different breweries. Now I don't get much uh, further than the 485 uh, going so, south. So close. It's just right there. One more exit. <laughs> right. No, and I get that, but I don't go that far. Usually yeah. Concord Mills is like the. the Drop dead is I'm not going any further than that. But how's the the beer scene in North Charlotte? Uh, we are like the only brewery it, right? in that area. Oh, yeah, wow. I mean there's I mean, the sports closest. bars everywhere. Yeah. You got like a Taco Mac, and there's a there's a couple of sports Taco, bars and Taco restaurants Mac closed down. Did it really? Yeah. What? That's because it's too a... expensive. I never get my... <laughs> They had lots of beer, but yeah. yeah. Wow. There's Big nothing. There's I mean, nothing you have like... a pretty big college crowd there no 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 we um we kind of expected not to mm-hmm. no we do get some in there but right. not not many um yeah I, I know that um when i was in college for that one lonely year i couldn't <laughs> afford i yeah. couldn't afford crap <laughs> yeah and then you know most college kids are not technically old allowed, allowed yeah, yeah you know there's, you, you there's probably graduate students yeah, yeah, yeah there's but, there's some but the the bulk of them yeah at, at and, ncc from what I understand, most of them only go to where the specials are. Right. Sure. They want so the they, yeah. They want the cheap beer. The two twenty five domestics. Shot in the- yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. 
You don't want that kind of no, nonsense anyway. Because yeah, that cheap price has come a lot of headaches. Right. So, right. It, what would be a specialty? Like, what do you enjoy brewing? What would be your kind of go-to? I I love brewing uh, light lagers. Okay. Any 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 one that you're certain proud of? Uh, right now, what I have on tap is uh, um, an American light lager. Okay. I have a Kolsch coming out too. That's kind of a similar similar beer. Do you do any like flavor infused Kolsches or? I have not. Now I did a, a collaboration with Middle James Brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's I worked with Andrew via piano at Sycamore, and he started his own brewery in Pineville. So we've done two collaborations. Uh, one of them was a light lager we called Maiden Shade, mm-hmm. and the most recent one is a lime infused okay. light lager. So when you when you do these collaborations, I'm, I'm I've not asked you about this before. Is I'm just assuming when you do, when you do a collaboration, I guess you guys come together, test, do a developer a recipe, I guess. Now, do you guys both take it back to your respective locations yeah, and brew it, yeah. and then just no, we um like we brewed uh, Made in the Shade, the first one at my facility, okay, and then we I essentially sold uh, half of it to him, and then he brewed we brewed the other one at his facility, and then he essentially sold half of that. Okay, I got so you. It's just kind of a I got you because um, um, there's a couple of things I've seen with like the philanthropy where. Uh, like, like a brewery was trying to raise money for their city that was devastated by some disaster. Or I can't remember what it was now. So anyway, they then, uh, I guess, uh, part of the craft brewer associations in certain parts of that state and, and kind of that region decided to say, hey, you know what, we're going to do a collaboration with this place. Um, they're going to give us the recipe. We're all going to brew the same recipe and donate the funds to oh, gotcha. this organization, whatever. So I was just kind of curious how that worked. That's a pretty cool idea, though. I like yeah, it. it is. It is. I mean, especially if you guys, I mean, the craft brew society and community is pretty damn tight, I would mm-hmm. say. I mean, I've, I keep going back to Wicked Weed, and we talked about that two and a half years ago, whatever, yep. when they bailed out on the craft brewers. I mean, the, a lot of the small guys just, you know, they stood together and decided not to. Follow yeah, suit with it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Participate in their their festivals, Sour, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I've, I, you keep seeing, you keep seeing that. I've, I've, I've also heard about other um, brewers where you know someone has a loss of equipment where they can go over to their local buddy and brew beer to keep their operation going. So it's just, I don't know, it's just admirable. I mean, yeah, yeah. there was a recently. Um, I don't know if y'all are aware of King Canary, yeah, in, in Mooresville, their, yeah. Um, their owner brewer passed away. Oh, I did not know that. And there's a <clears throat> couple uh breweries that i think it was wooden robot and mm-hmm. maybe high branch that got together and brewed something then they had a festival out there and wow that's cool yeah no that's pretty awesome i i, I don't think you'd see that happening with a uh, miller coors and no and anheuser bush <laughs> i just yeah, don't think you'd see that so i've seen that a lot with other like just craft communities that have come up in the last decade or so and even you know quilters included, um, <laughs> but just like these small these small businesses, they're all doing the same thing in their own way, but they're not like throat punching each other to get business. They're just like it's it's just doesn't make like from a business standpoint it makes no sense. But mm-hmm. it's a cool thing to see from the outside looking in. You know, yeah. Maybe maybe the beer community learned something. You know, in its DNA, I guess, with you know how they used to be like that. And then all of a sudden, the big giants would come in and just swallow up whole conglomerates, you know, yeah. and put it underneath their umbrella. So maybe, 
maybe they, you know, together we hang or, you know, well, yeah. you know, we all die or whatever. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, I, I admire that because yeah. you don't see that in many industries. Yeah. You said the, one of your favorite ones is a, is a light ale. Is that right? Light lager. Light yeah. lager. Yeah. What's the most difficult to brew besides the, sounds like the gluten-free is probably the toughest. Is there a di- another one that's really difficult? Well, they just, they, you know, the light lagers, you can't hide any mistakes in those. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's why I enjoy them, you know. Is it the difficulty level of nailing that beer because it's hard to hide mistakes? Yeah. It kind of yeah. challenges you? Yeah. Interesting. You think that's why a lot of uh, and you can pound them. A lot, well, <laughs> that's, that's a good thing, right there. You think there. that's why a lot of like craft brewers don't do that, though, because you can't. There's no room for error. We've know. had more recently. We've come across more, especially in Concord, that are doing those kind of as a gateway. As you know, we talked about in the last. They episode, are gateway. But, we, I mean, we have yeah. people that come in. Hey, what what is the closest thing you have to Bud Light? Yeah, and I've got Auburn Cow Light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So I just I just wonder about that. If that's if it's if it's that hard. Some well, people would, we get a lot of people come in and hey, what's the closest thing you have to Blue Moon? So my wife, who runs mm-hmm. the front end of the house, uh, uh, we've got a Hefeweizen, and to me that's a summer beer, and I don't want to bring it back. But she's like, people are asking. <laughs> yeah. There's an Applebee's right down the road. That's <laughs> oh, the closest thing yeah. to Blue Moon. Well, I want their. I want the. Uh, you yeah. want the business, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about your shock, facility? Shock like, top. The, <laughs> The brewery itself, like, what's that like? What's that experience when you walk in the doors? What are we seeing? Um, so it's, uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, I had nothing to do with the design or the mm. look and feel of it. So my wife dealt with the uh, architects and all that, and so, but it's kind of a, uh, I would say like a, just a western maybe kind of feel. Okay. There's a lot of lot of uh, reclaimed wood uh, and metal from uh, my partner. He's got some property up in Virginia. We're old barns. We took the wood from that and, oh, nice. and some of the metal from the roofing, and you know that decorates our bar. Our bar top is concrete, and we we built that ourselves. Oh wow! Um, it's just kind of clean, I, I guess. You. Okay. It's very it's very modern and uncluttered. I'm looking at a yeah. picture right now. Yeah, it looks really open. Yeah. Is um, I'm assuming. Pet and family yeah, we're, friendly. We're very, yeah, both. Yeah. What, what? Between you and me, it's just it's just you and me talking. Nobody's listening. <laughs> What's your thought of having pets in the brewery? I don't have a problem with pets in the brewery. Um, I I love pets. I've got two dogs. Um, the only thing I, I would ask is if, you've, if your pet's not well behaved, <laughs> please don't bring them. Do you have issues <laughs> where they just? Drop a deuce right in the middle of the floor and nobody cleans I that up. I haven't had that, you know. Lucky I, I, you. If that's all Jeez. it is, I'll clean it up. I, what my Ooh, what I don't like is when dogs just can't socialize and they bark and bark and bark and oh, bark yeah. and bark. And I'm just like, uh, I love dogs, but you know, nobody Come wants to now. hear that. Sure. <laughs> if it was my child and he wouldn't stop crying, I would be like, all right, right, we got to go. Yep. You know, people have just lost all common sense, I think, and then just they just tuned out. Like their pet or their mm-hmm. dog, or anything. but then they'll be the first to complain. Like, shut your dog up. Yeah. Yep. No, I understand. Can you bring? Uh, can you bring emotional support peacocks? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, again, I'm assuming the light lager. But if you had to go pick one out of your tap right now to drink, what would it be? Again, the light lager or something different? Um, I lately I've been drinking the Colts that I have on okay. tap. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but what's your like most popular 
beer. IPA. The IPA, yeah. Okay. Off the grid. All right. We the, we have a, uh, a blonde ale, cinnamon girl blonde is what we call it. Um, but I let it sit on pineapple puree mm. and uh-huh. uh, cinnamon, Saigon cinnamon sticks. Um, and I think I did a really good job with the balance between the two. Because yeah, those are two can be very too overwhelming, right? You know, uh, fragrances mm-hmm. or bouquets in, in a flavor. I mean, especially cinnamon. You know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. cinnamon. That's all you taste if it's right. if it's this, too much. This yeah. one is. Um, I, I wanted to call it crisscross applesauce or pineapple <laughs> sauce. My wife was like, "No, <laughs> wow!" But because it's it's kind of like a, a to me a pineapple sauce. Hmm. You know how applesauce. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. Got cinnamon and. But that's not when it comes out of the tap, right? It doesn't look like applesauce. Uh, right? No, that would no, be awesome. <laughs> it's about the color of pineapple. Okay. A, it sounds delicious, yeah. actually. Yeah, it sounds really good. I want to try that. Um, I enjoy it. What's the – because I love the stouts. What what all – you have an oatmeal stout? Just an oatmeal stout right now. Okay. I have a I have an imperial stout going right Come now. On. And, um, you know, the pastry stouts are real popular right now. I'm thinking about – Making it a like a cherry cordial, mm. cherry cho- uh, chocolate and mm. some vanilla. Mm. That sounds. I, I can't stand the cherry cordials, yeah, the but cherry that, cordial. the beer sounds the good. Beer sounds though. good, but I, that's one of those things you have like more than one of them. You're like done. Yeah. <laughs> you, it's like well, it's going to be about uh, almost twelve percent. Okay, so you're, you will be done after yeah. one. Okay. <laughs> a, a cherry cord is that like the, that's the chocolate? That's a little chocolate that's thing. Chocolate, yeah, yeah. My grandma used to that's what a box you, up at a time. That's what you. Uh, that's what you put in the mailbox every year for the postman for Christmas gift. That's what my grandma did. <laughs> really? <laughs> did the postman every, leave anything back? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, there's, well, there's debate in my family that the postman could actually have been our grandfather. So I don't know. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think wow. he did more than one delivery. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so, so if people want to go check you out at Armored Cow Brewery, where do they go? To yeah, social media to, website. Uh, that's all. We have a website, um, but social media for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Instagram is that Armored at Armored Cow, I guess. I guess <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. And put it in the show notes. There you go. Yeah. We'll have all the information yeah. on our show notes. Um, Andrew, thanks for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Armored Cow Brewery. If you want to check it out, it sounds like we've got to go take a trip. What time, they what close? time is it? What time, yeah. you, guys what time you guys close? Um, on a nine. <laughs> it's a Wednesday on a nine, probably. Uh, okay. All right. So what, here's here's we the game. Actually, we we stay open later than most, and it. My wife is the one that runs the bar, mm-hmm. so I'm like I'm trying to push her to. We need to start closing earlier because you know nothing good happens. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. So here's the thing. We got to yep. we got to find us a designated driver. Okay. Because obviously we won't probably want to do a sampling of. Pretty much everything. Everything, sure. yeah. So that that's you know, guys and I we have to have designated driver. Yeah. Do you guys do have any uh, any events that you guys do uh, throughout the week? Any trivia? Or oh yeah, like that? yeah. Trivia's are um, Thursday nights, and it varies from time to time what it is. Um, okay. We do bingo. We do music bingo. We actually do regular bingo. Okay. Um, I like regular oh. bingo. It's easy. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, again, thanks for stopping by. We'll have all your information on our show notes, so you can check it out there if you are in the Charlotte area, Concord, wherever. Um, check them out. Uh, Armored Cow Brewery sounds delicious. We'll give them. We'll give them a try. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Really appreciate it, Andrew for coming in. Once again, I think uh, just check out Armored Cow. Uh, 
there's no other Armory Cows breweries on uh, Facebook that I, I saw. I so check yep. them out there. They kind of keep their updated listings there. Um, but yeah, we appreciate them coming in. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'm just kind of looking forward to actually, hopefully this cherry cordial I was, comes I was, into fruition. I was really hoping he had like a hand truck and a keg with him or something. <laughs> yeah, for a little yeah no doubt. Or something. He no said doubt. he didn't know, so I'll give him some grace. Okay. Maybe next time. Well, I'm going to make this announcement now. Mm-hmm. Is if, you, if you have a restaurant or a brewery or a cigar company. Or a or product. A product. <laughs> that we can use. Yeah. We Just, can taste. And, and you are about to come on our show to be interviewed. Mm-hmm. We're going to go ahead and say it's an open invitation to bring us something. You don't have to. No, but it'd be it, nice. Yeah, it'd be nice. No, absolutely. So anyway, we, no, we, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to go down and check it out. Yep. So I don't know who's gonna be our designated driver. You know, we, you we know how much somebody. I am with beer. Like I. No, you gotta have fun. Okay. You did that on the bourbon trail too, and it made us all mad. <laughs> <laughs> please, uh, please check us out on Facebook at Southern Fry Philosophy. Also, check out our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. Don't forget you have the playable links there. You can also share that links with your coworkers or whatever. Wherever you listen to your podcast at Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitch, wherever you listen, I just go there, subscribe, give us a like, um, give us a review. It just takes a few seconds. You can just leave a two-word review, three-word review, emojis, whatever you would like to do. Just give us me a like. <laughs> yeah, me like. <laughs> yeah, just whatever you uh, want to do there. Just we appreciate those reviews. Appreciate those ratings. Um, also, um, check us out on patreon.com forward slash SFP radio. Also our YouTube at youtube.com forward slash SFP radio. And don't forget donate life. If you haven't mm-hmm. registered, please go sign up, get that little heart patch on your ID or, or star or whatever it is in your state. Um, you, cause you can save someone's life even though you're not here anymore. There you go. And, uh, again, thanks again for tuning in. And as always keep looking up. Also happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> Check it to see if I'm a donor or not. Kill oh, a heart. Have a star. That's uh, that's the real ID. <laughs> that means you can fly on planes. I do have a heart. <laughs> he does have a heart. I'm like a uh, tin man. <laughs> Perfect. I got that. Who's drinking? I think that's uh that's the can. That was the computer. Is drinking. I just took a sip of Topo Chico, so that may have been me. Topo what? Chico, yeah. Kazoo time. Yeah. It's a lime, fla- lime flavored uh, Hispanic. Uh, so, seltzer Dude. water. Not that I know of. Yeah, lime it's just fl- mineral water. It's like sun drop. Is that what yeah. you're telling me? Okay. Without the sugar. Yeah, it's oh, just carbonated water. It's like LaCroix or something. But it, it's in a glass bottle, and it when like you drink cold. it cold, it's awesome. Oh, sweet. Mm. All right. So.